you are listening to the empowering indian expats podcast if you are an indian living abroad feeling stuck in an average 9 to 5 or a job or business that's not helping you reach your full potential this is the podcast to tune in where you will find your role models and learn from their dream struggle victory stories this is your host ehsan ali a long time id professional living in sydney australia who has made it his mission to find and unpack these stories the strategies and life lessons of successful and inspiring indian expats to help you and i reach our full potential i'm very excited to introduce you to our guest saroni roy who is now an australian actress after a successful career in media and pr in india Saroni moved to Australia and decided to pursue her passion in acting. What I'm really interested in finding out is how she went through this big career transition. I also want to learn a bit about the fundamentals of personal branding from her and how we can use it as professionals or small business owners. I also wonder if I could learn something about grooming and building right image from an actress that would be wonderful. So without further ado, let's hear directly from Saroni Rai. Hi Saroni. Hey Hassan. Good to you? see you and uh, welcome to the show Saroni and I'm no really excited you used to work in media and PR back in India and here you started a career in acting so you are an actor pruner. So it definitely a career transition but it's a field that I was very fascinated I want to really understand the media the PR the uh, uh, entrepreneur world how it works so I thought to utilize your experience and uh, give some uh, messages to people who are at career crossroad and thinking about transition so welcome to the show and uh, let's uh, uh, d- uncover your story today Thank you so much Hassan thank you so much for having me I'm very very honored and uh, I feel very privileged to be on your show today. Awesome. So first just tell me who Saroni Roy is today and then we'll go starting back from your background in Kolkata I guess. <laughs> no, I'll correct you there. So do you want where do you want me to start? What do you do, do you today? What do you do okay. today? You just give a quick introduction. Uh, you would do better than I would do okay. that's why. <laughs> right, sure, sure. So at the moment I pursue about four professions so one is the main profession is definitely acting and then modeling just comes along with it in a way and then i do a part time job because acting modeling is not a very it's not a certain income profession at least in the beginning and then so i do a part time job with tape uh, new south wales and then i also do a lot of community work which is volunteer stuff but it's also that i have my own organization uh, serenity foundation and srf creatives which i am also sort of establishing building as a my, my own enterprise and business and social enterprise. price rather so yeah and you that's call yourself uh, actorpreneur is it isn't it that's correct because i feel that actors yes we are artists but then finally we are also a product which needs to be sold mm. if i'm not it's it's the business of entertainment let's say and so finally we are a self employed like a business or a product which which has to be sellable mm. so if you look at corporate world today where we lived most of the time even today as the as an employee employer relationship it's not like you join a company and they take care of you for the rest of your life as an employee also you are a business you are a business mm-hmm. of you and you sell your services and you get paid for that so as simple as that and uh, i just recently posted a poll how many jobs have you changed so far and most people have changed at least four or five jobs so in a career today uh, people will change maybe 10 jobs because no more it's a long term employment concept is gone So mm-hmm. even from that perspective even if you were an employee uh, you are a business of you uh, all the bollywood actor actresses we know they are they are also providing service and they get paid right so if, if, yeah they... and and i would say that why i always say that the entrepreneurs and not just artists because if you're an artist it could be just your hobby true when you're taking it uh, taking an art form as a profession then it becomes business as well because you want to get paid for for your services and your talent and what you are and you'll see the difference why i'm saying that you have a brand of your own you have a profile of your own and so you will see that uh, when you i'll give you an example that let's say Sherlock Holmes the the movies when you change the actor you get a whole new film like 
when Sherlock was played by Benedict Cumberbatch, mm. it's a different film altogether. You get a whole new film just because you change the Doctor actor. Thing. But when it's Robert Downey Jr. playing Sherlock, it's it's a whole new film again. So that way, if you change the product, if you change the actor, you're getting a whole new film. So that's why we're all, each of us, each actor is different. Yeah. Each actor is unique. And yeah. each actor has its own brand. You yeah. know, has their own brand and signature style and everything. So, yeah, so that's why actors are not replaceable. So yeah, like like I was saying, that if you change the actor, you get a whole new film. It, the same film, the same character. If you change the actor, you will you know it completely changes. That's why I always say that an actor's brand is very important. Got it. It's it's the positioning is so important. How you sort of what kind of work you do, what kind of projects you choose, it is so important. Unlike modeling, where it is more like a designer chooses you, a particular product or brand chooses you, just because you fit into their mold. Got it. Got it. Uh, so certainly, uh, the me and my audience have most of us do not have any clue of media and PR and acting. So what I would be doing throughout this conversation, I'll try to relate to what we do. And one thing I'm definitely keenly interested in knowing is developing personal brand because in your industry, personal brand is key. So if we can get to learn few things about that, and in our industry as well, in any industry today, uh, individual personal brand is extremely important because there is no long term employment security so i'm going to be very very greedy on finding all these little nuances from your industry and see how we can apply in here but i'm really interested in uh, the transition you have made you were in corporate you didn't start as an actor so why don't you start with your early career what you did uh, i think you did media and pr so give us a little bit of background of that career and then we'll talk about that transition and the pain of transition and the drive for the transition and all of those things Sure. So I'll uh, start by saying that I hail from a very small um, town called Jamshedpur in uh, India. Okay. So I'm a small town girl. So and, you know about um, RIT Jamshedpur? Yes, of That's course. That's where I studied. Oh, really? Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> the world is so small, you know. I was thinking Kolkata, but uh, interesting. And uh, so, yeah, I've never lived in Bengal, actually. So in spite of being a Bengali, I was always a Pravashi Bengali, so I've never lived in Bengal. I always lived in, I was born in Jamshedpur. I completed my school there. And then for my uni, I went to Mumbai. Mm. Uh, so Mumbai University, I went to Sophia College. And uh, there I did my Bachelor of Arts. And then I, completing my university, I was always very impatient to get into the workforce. Like start mm -hmm. working. And basically why? Because I didn't want to take any more money from my dad. So I wanted to become financially independent and pursue whatever I have to do. I'll do it on my own money. That was the strat strategy or whatever I thought. I quickly, when, when I was just completing my final, I was, as I said, I was impatient to get into a job and that. And I also, because I didn't really want to do the usual MBA. Mm. or the usual career path, finance or whatever. So I wasn't interested and I didn't know what I would do. So that's why I told my dad, let's not, please don't waste your money in, <laughs> in financing my postgrads or whatever, because I really don't know if that MBA is going to be something that I want to do. So why, so just let me get into whatever and then discover and see what I want to do. And uh, I'll do it with my own money. So I got into, so a friend of mine actually said that I was very good at, so I was a literature, psychology and economics student, right? So economics and English literature is what my, I double majored in these two subjects. Mm -hmm. So uh, double owners in economics and literature. So I always wrote very well at Shakespeare and all that, you know, very beautiful writing skills. So uh, a friend of mine, she said that there is a magazine which is looking for a writer. You're, you're such a good writer. Why don't you just go for the internet? I said, sure. And little did I know what kind of magazine that is. It was a hardcore IT magazine. So then when the editor asked me these questions or whatever, I was technically all correct in terms of the English and the hold over the language. But apart from that, so I kind of managed with my with my the whole personality and the whole uh, way I would respond uh, to the questions and everything. And I got the job. And then I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Because I don't know what they're telling me to do. <laughs> they're telling me to review software. 
do these things <laughs> and i'm like uh, but the good part was that i was surrounded by engineers you know mm-hmm. uh, so computer engineers and you know geeks so mm-hmm. they kind of i learned on the job and i kind of in in a few months down the line i kind of learned it mm-hmm. uh, so and i got the hang of it i wouldn't say i loved it but then yeah i got the hang of it and i was uh, able to pay my rent in bombay in an expensive city like bombay and i didn't have to make money from my dad anymore i was happy about that and then i kept switching to because it wasn't it wasn't my passion it technology wasn't my passion so i switched so your role to, what was the role called editor of the magazine no i was writer i was writer, a writer. Okay. Yeah, so I was a writer at that time. Then I switched to mainstream other magazines like Time Out, Time Out Mumbai. Okay. So that was more of what I related to, like arts and review and then food review or maybe film reviews and both kind of very different. That's where I kind of started interviewing amazing people, amazing filmmakers, photographers, authors and all sorts of people, now people from different walks of life, like including Shahrukh Khan, Mike Chamlin, Pablo Bartholomew. So I learned so much. Like I so was what, was, what was this role? You, your role again, was... writer. Writer, but you were interviewing these people, so it's kind of a yeah. journalism, you know, pardon yeah, my ignorance. Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. Interesting. Uh, so, and what was the next transition from this interviewing and writing and editing? What did you do next? Yeah, so this was a dream job, I would say. And then I had to move to Bangalore, and that was again, I would say that was a culture shock for me because uh, leaving Bombay was a, a big um, thing for me. You know, I didn't want to um, leave Bombay, but and Bangalore is an IT capital. Now this is just about tech. There's nothing to do with, not so much to do with arts and Bollywood or the cinema or uh, any of that, right? So then, uh, or the fashion week. So it's not the scale is much smaller. Like true, it's very true. So and the culture and the spirit of Bombay, it it was in my blood by then. It was in my DNA. Bombay had become my soul, my heart, uh, everything for me. So then I uh, obviously I was looking for media jobs, like as a writer or editor in yeah. magazines and papers. But then I I didn't quite like what I was doing or getting. I did get into content writing for tech clients and those kind of stuff. And then I switched to PR actually. Because I do have a PR a qualification in PR, actually. I'm post-grad in PR. Okay. Uh, but I never applied that in my profession, in my profession career, till, till that time. So that was the time I switched to PR. So what's the typical roles and responsibility in PR? In uh, public relations was now the other side of the table. So till now I was media, uh, in the prof- I was a media professional and PR agents and PR professionals would be chasing me to do interviews for their clients. Okay. So now I was on the other side of the table where I am going to chase media professionals to do interviews with my clients. Okay, so your clients were uh, <laughs> the companies, the brands who yes. wanted to use media Right. Okay, mm. I get it. Yeah. So, for example, let's say initially in Bombay, Shahrukh Khan's PR manager would have approached me to do the interview. But now I would be approached media professionals to interview my client. Got it. Or do stories about my client. So it was mostly tech companies who were your clients? In- yes. So I was handling key tech clients like Google, HP, Visa, SAP, uh, Microsoft. Uh, Mindtree, yeah, these clients. So I initially I was like, oh my god, again tech. So you know, before you say anything, stuff. I'm happy you said all these things. So if somebody asked me, hey son, you brought Seroni Roy on your podcast, and what's the relevance? I see you don't know. She worked with SAP. She works with Mindtree. She worked with. I would be doing PR. Basically, does everything. It's all about shaping perceptions. Shaping about perception. A- yeah, about a brand or an organization or a person, depending on who your client is or what your client does. So, for example, if it's Google, uh, and let's say at that point, so I had the opportunity to actually work with Sundar Pichai as well. Good. Uh, people like that. So it's it's very. I am the only point of contact for the corporate communication of Google or let's say that organization, the client's organization. So, so you will work with the corporate communication team of that organization? 
Yes. So I did that for about two years, I would say. And then I was diagnosed with cancer. So that was the big jolt for mm. me, the big pause for me. And yeah, I, and, and that was the time when my after my surgery and the radiation and all of that, that was the time it got me thinking that I've just been probably paying bills and rent and just doing the go to office, come back home, go to office, back home. But I uh, thought your work was interesting, you know, what you explained, uh, working with uh, tech giants and... Absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, believe me. So what was uh, missing? What, what was missing? What was missing was probably taking time out for myself. Okay, it was too busy. No. Kind of burnt out, is it? Absolutely. Very, very busy. Of course, not that I didn't like it. I'm a workaholic, so I love it. Even if it don't give me anything, even if I'm not, if I'm jobless, I'll still be, you know, working seven days, doing something else. I don't know what. Uh, so I am a workaholic and I love it. But then I would say things like maybe what holidays, maybe vacations, maybe seeing the world, maybe skydiving, maybe deep sea diving or Things that make you happy or things that I had stopped thinking about these things. Mm. So this whole, stopped... uh, the, the challenge with cancer is where you started to think and say. Totally. That was the time I, I kind of, because quarantine might be new for uh, with the pandemic, but quarantine is not new for cancer patients. Yeah, so you know that. After, after you go through yes. the... The, go through the surgery surgery and, and then uh, the radiation the radiation you yeah. are taken so, away for a couple of weeks yeah exactly so we had to i had to be in quarantine i had to be in isolation and i was in a very very low state at that time mentally and physically both so that was the time it, it got me thinking that oh my god what i could have been dead and there are so many things that I've not done in life. Mm. So many things. I only did, let's say, uh, live for others. Mm. What society, parents are telling you to do this. Parents tell you to uh, get married. And then it's like you have kids. Then kids, they have kids. Their marriage, their education. You, mm. you just live for others. You don't have time for yourself. You really mm. don't. You know, we think that, yes, a dream job is something that we love. But then where, like it was since I started working, I never got back to dancing, mm. which I loved. I didn't mm. have time. Because how, I long did you, how, how long did you face the cancer challenge? So it is obviously a few months that you take the, in terms of the actual treatment. But it is obviously your body is never going to be the same. Is there a mental or emotional support kind of or guidance or counseling that happens through this period or no, it's we manage everything on our own? Nothing. So at least in India, at that point in time, I was in India. So at that point in time, there was, I, I didn't really have any sort of support system or anything. So that, that's why I made the decision of moving out of India. Hmm. I said, if nothing, I'm just going to start over. I wanted mm. to live in a different place, a different part of the world, somewhere I've never lived, somewhere mm. I've never been to, do something absolutely different, and things that I've never done before, you know. Mm. Or uh, there's, a, there's something that, that I always believe, I don't know what I don't know. True. Right? So I don't even know what exists in other parts of the world because I don't have the time to explore anything. Yeah, right? It's the same story for most people. So Most yeah. of us, exactly. So I said, and uh, for me, struggle wasn't uh, scary because at 17, I was 17 years old when I left home, right? Jamshedpur, my family and everything. I went to Bombay uh, all by myself. I paid all my bills. I survived uh, the bullying, the assaults, the number of everything that I went through. It made me titanium strong. Mm. So I'm so happy about that, that I can survive in any part of the world. Mm. I'm ready to face the world, right? So I came here, any country in the world, right? Mm -hmm. What options did you see apart from Australia? So I think we had uh, Singapore, we had, yeah, Canada, we obviously US, but then you yeah, don't get tough. arrested, so I didn't want that. And then, then Australia, New Zealand, so these kind of countries. And uh, then uh, Paris, London, New York, Sydney, just the main cities, mm. uh, so that you have the arts. And the creatives, my happiness and satisfaction to a large extent 
is when I'm working in the creative creative space. So when did you move to Australia? So that was 2014. So 2013 was my cancer. And then very, very smoothly, a visa happened. That was something that I'm very grateful for. And Sydney, I'd never visited Australia before migrating here. We didn't have family, friends, no one here. Just got the PR and then moved. Yeah. On survival, one thing is bothering me. So you very easily talked about your cancer. It's not an easy journey that and I mean, you have gone through it. I've seen my friends and families going through it. For people who have not gone through, there's a big fear in mind. Like what if it comes to me and things like that? What would be your message? Like you have gone through it. What would be your message to somebody who get in this kind of trouble? Yeah, I I would say most people I have I have come across fellow cancer uh, patients and and they lose hope yeah. completely. Yeah. You know, that shock, that yeah. death, that yeah. death is very close to me, yeah. is uh, they lose hope. They give up. Okay. On the contrary, what happened to me was I said, oh, this happened and I somehow survived. Even if I have one year or a few months, those few months, I'm not going to live this way. Mm. I will do everything. Mm. That's why I had this urgency also. Mm. I'm a very impatient person. Mm. I've become very impatient, restless, and urge. there's this urgency. Because mm. I don't know if tomorrow I can do this. True. Got I want to do everything today, you know. So, so I want to do my business. I want to do my acting. I want to do my modeling. I, I want to do everything today. So the, can I take this message as, yeah, it's fatal. But uh, if you have the uh, right mindset toward, yeah, people are able to overcome. So many people. The have only thing you have to do is that even if you have two more days, or one month, or six months, two years, five years, whatever time, you just live those hours like king size. Mm. Yeah. Every goddamn thing that you wanted to do. A couple of quick examples for you and everybody else. So there are a couple of uh, renowned personalities I know of. There's one gentleman called Alan Pease. Uh, he must be in 70s today. Mm-hmm. Okay, and maybe he was in 40s or 30s when somebody said, oh, you have only a few months to... The person who said is no more and this gentleman is still kicking and going strong. The Another person I know is Les Brown, uh, who is the author and speaker, motivational speaker. Same thing, uh, he got it uh, in 40s, I think. Now he is in late 60s, early 70s. Same story, somebody predicted... He's no more. He's still going strong. So while it is fatal, it can be managed. And I think key thing is uh, to keep your uh, emotions strong. Look forward to it. Yeah, spirit. No, really. No, I appreciate that message. Like, I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. It's unbelievable. I mean, I had to quit my job uh, when I was diagnosed, right? After a few months, I was diagnosed with cancer. And then I had to quit my job and everything. And my colleagues and everyone were really concerned. So after my surgery... um, radiation happened and then the next month I flew down to Mumbai because I was I used to miss Mumbai a lot right and there was an Arvin Van Buren concert in Bombay turf club and my brother is a trans fan I'm a trans fan uh, because of him of course EDM fans all of us we flew down and I survived the whole concert I was at the concert taking photos and everything with my brother and everyone and and I went to all the pubs and the clubs in Bombay which I was missing Hmm. and with my brother and all the friends and everyone and so so I, I kept doing that and the biggest thing that I did was to change a change of country change of environment change in everything like something that i do not have history because you have to remember one more thing that body has memory mm. there's body memory yeah, with us. yeah so when you 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 need to change otherwise we are going to respond in the same in way the same old way no i in got the it same way got it so you need Sorry. that requiring I got it. So let's come come to Australia and uh, talk about your uh, entry into actor, you know, becoming an actor, how that the thought process came in. So typically when somebody comes here without no job, it's a struggle finding a new job and you know all of those things. So t- take us into a little bit of a journey of how you got settled here. So finding your first job and things like that. And then how go- how you got into uh, acting and everything else that you are doing. Oh, so I wasn't getting a job because of my media, in spite of so much experience in media and PR and mm. qualification and credentials, 
but I still did not get anything here. I must have applied for about 700, 800 jobs, but I did not get anything. So then I started looking for anything and everything, like Mm. part-time, casual, whatever. And those terminologies were not all familiar to me. Mm -hmm. What what do part-time, casual, contract, all these things mean? I didn't really have much guidance because no one I met was from my industry. Right. Most of them for IT. Mm. Yeah. So it was very, very streamlined for them. Whereas ours is very, very, it's, it's a bit layered. It's not that easy. Uh, so anyway, so then I took up a job with Telstra, customer service, the call center. And I, I did that for some, for two months. Mm. Telstra wrapped up that project and 23 agents were made redundant. So then I was back to square one. Then I moved to, I got a job with TRA, Tourism Research Australia. I did market research for them. So bilingual interviews for visitors. I I did not know that kind of a job exists. Mm. I loved it because I was based at the international airport and beautiful all the time. It's like a movie, right? Always at the airport. Mm. (laughs) You think I'm flying all the time. traveling for work or something but I'm not Mm. but but it was very interesting because I was meeting people from all parts of the world who were visiting India Uh, sorry Australia Mm. like Brazil from depending on what flight I'm doing so um, all that and then I uh, and that wasn't a desk job really so it was more of walking from here to this gate to that gate which I loved but my left leg started acting up actually. So I got started getting excruciating pain in my left leg and we were not able to diagnose what's, what was going on and no painkillers, nothing was working. And I still suffer from that pain. It's been six, six years or so. No, I still suffer from that pain. So mm. at that time, I became quite, again, bedridden. I wasn't able to walk, sit, stand for more than 10 minutes. And mm. I was again in that state where I was like, now what do I do? Uh, And while I was doing my TRA job, the market research job, I, on the side, I had also completed my Cambridge University ESL teaching course, Mm. English, uh, teaching English to speakers of other languages. So Mm. I started on the, on like a part-time basis, I had started teaching English um, in language schools here in Sydney. Mm. So uh, then that's also a standing job you have to stand and teach for hours those lectures or classes so i wasn't able to do both like market research or teaching nothing and then what do you do when you're bedridden at home or quarantine isolation whatever you can say you watch netflix Mm -hmm. i was watching netflix and binging on netflix so i was watching mark polo this american show amazing show and so i i saw this ethnic looking actor so i said wow what what an actor and he's he's got this bag this amazing role in an american show big production let me see, just Googled him, who's this actor. And he turned out to be an Australian actor. And I tracked his journey on Wikipedia and elsewhere. And then I said, hey, what? I mean, I've always been a creative and I love cinema. I grew up watching American and British content apart from Indian content, but I never had the time to study cinema. So let's see, if nothing, I'm going to meet some like-minded people, some creative. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone, right? How do I meet these like-minded people and make friends? So if nothing, I'll just make some friends and um, meet some uh, you know, creative people and learn something new. So I called the film school next morning that what I want to do this acting course. So they said, go to this website, register and all that, send your photo and things like that. I said, I have no experience. I have no photos either. So I just sent something. So I sent it and I registered and I landed in the film school and with all uh, white actors. And it was very intimidating and daunting. <laughs> and uh, most of them, all the co-actors or actors, some of them have started when they were eight years old or 10 years old you know, in drama school, and lots of training and done Shakespeare, they've done theater and all of that I had done nothing and so uh, the good thing was there were quite a few pluses from this actually Uh, what happened was that uh, when we finished the class the the lesson the tutor actually asked us that how many of you do not like yourselves on screen Mm. so I 
because I was looking at my footage. They were replaying the scene, and I was looking at my footage, and I was like, oh my God, I'm fat, I'm dark, I'm ugly, I'm just so, I should not be here on screen. No mm-hmm. way it's working for me. So then, but then when the tutor asked us all, everyone raised their hands. And I was like, oh mm. God, really? You guys look like dolls, you know, you're like, so beautiful such good-looking people Australians they're so good-looking mm. so I was like um, okay so I'm not the only one uh, feeling that way and then so acting actually is such an involving process and there were few people who were in that class just to open up not to become actors oh interesting because acting is is such a it works on your um, psychology it works on your body it works on every bit of every sense of you every centimeter of you there's nothing that you can hide it was the first time i had to actually accept myself exactly because what happens is when you're on screen all your flaws are magnified Mm. okay so whatever wrinkle whatever fat everything (laughs) magnified okay so you can't hide or escape so Mm. that was a big lesson for me that was a big self-development, a personal development for me, mm. mentally and physically in every way. That, okay, scars, all the weight gain or all the energy, the low energy, everything that cancer and all these health challenges have given me, that is something that I am today. I am different. I am different and new. This is the new me. This is what I have to accept. Hmm. And the biggest thing about acting, what happened was that I got a very good response. Everyone said that, oh, you're a natural. Hmm. How come you never thought of acting before becoming an actor? Because I started getting acting gigs and then I started getting modeling offers, actually, or modeling jobs and stuff, Hmm. which was, again, something I never thought of. Hmm. And it became my healing mechanism. Because what was happening is that when I'm on set, or I'm in class or I'm acting and I'm, it is such an involving process that I forget the pain mm. for those hours, you know. So I knew that, oh, the pain is not going anywhere, but then this is what I can do to manage the pain. Mm. So that was when 2015, 14, 15 is you started? Yes, I would say 2015, 20, no, 2016. Let me just then rethink this, not even... Uh, five years because i'm in this industry let's say three years three years three or four years yeah three years or so yeah so of course it's a media where i mean if i if i google you i think first two three four pages you should have full of you only you so is it just because you were acting you were getting actor roles and you were doing modeling or because you have also got a, a social entrepreneurship going on uh, and you participate in a lot of volunteering activities. So, and plus you knew the personal branding part of it because you did the, the what you did in Mumbai and Bangalore. So I want to really get a little bit out of uh, you on personal branding. How do you go about building personal brand? And as I said in the beginning, uh, a lot of people in our community do not understand. It's not only for people who are in acting and celebrities, it's for everybody today. Extent would vary, the style will vary, but everybody needs to build a brand, whether whether you are a business or you are an individual, because unless people know you, you are just a commodity. Totally, totally. So, so how, give us a little bit insight into your journey of building brand and uh, which I can learn and somebody else can also learn from it. Sure. So I think when you when you think of personal branding or you just have to first think where you want to be and then back calculate. Okay. Mm-hmm. So imagine the the film or the movie or the character or the actor or or the person you want to be. Let's say you are an you're an entrepreneur or a startup or, or something. Do you want to be a Mark Zuckerberg? Or do you want to be a Steve Jobs? Do you want to be a Sundar Pichai? Do you want to be Tony Robbins? Do you want to be uh, Robert Downey Jr.? Do you want to be a Leonardo DiCaprio or a Kate Winslet? Or what is your type? Mm. So you have to first identify that. Mm. So in acting anyway, that's what we, we first ask ourselves or we have to know first. Mm. That what is my type? Yeah. What is my type? Mm. So what are the roles that I can play? Or mm. what are the roles that I see myself playing? Mm. What the casting director or what other people are going to say, that is a different story. Mm. 
how do I would say the, the how I in act as an actress I would say Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet, okay. I love okay. the roles that she does and Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, so this the co star. He's, yeah. he's my biggest idol. Okay. He's my biggest awesome. idol. All right, all right, go on on the personal branding. So, yeah. so, yeah, so first you have to identify your type. Hmm. It could be two, three people. It doesn't matter, the gender doesn't matter. Okay, hmm. like I said, Leonardo DiCaprio, hmm. right? He's, he's a male actor, but still I would want to be like him. Let's say I'll take, give you an example of Leonardo DiCaprio. What are, what are the things I want to be like? And you will, again, you'll see the pattern in me. Hmm. So, Leonardo DiCaprio, he's not just a brilliant actor. Okay. He is a brilliant actor, but he also is a very, very huge activist. supporting mm. sustainability, environment, the planet, producing documentaries on that. So mm. he's, he's very active in that space as well. So there is a very, very human element to him, which everyone connects with and sort of, you know, makes human and mm-hmm. relatable. And yeah. The whole, yes, he's, he's a great artist. Yes, he, he does amazing roles, strong roles. I wish I could do all those roles <laughs> that he does. And, but at the same time, there is a very, very practical and very real self to him where he is working towards a big cause, uh, a very, very significant cause as well. Mm. So, so these are the kind of things first you have to think about right. when you think about personal branding that do you want, like, uh, there are parts which I love about Priyanka Chopra as well. Mm. You know, imagine she's from Jamshedpur, right? right? So imagine she was one of my biggest inspirations. You mm. know that oh, she's from Jamshedpur. You know, Madhavan is also from Jamshedpur, yes. if I know right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So many okay. people, you know, right. so many successful people from that small town. Me too. So, I yeah, started, exactly. I started there. Very, yeah. <laughs> very revolutionary uh, people, very visionary uh, people. So I would say personal branding, first identify the people you want to be like. Mm. I'm not saying imitate them. Get it. Or ape them, but at least see where you want to be. The character trait, the value, the journey, those kind of things. Yeah, I, because your journey is going to be unique. Yeah. Okay. It cannot be the same as Priyanka Chopra or Leonardo DiCaprio or Kate Winslet or anything. But then it is where I want to see myself or there are certain aspects which I want to see myself as. Clear. Then the next thing you'll have to do is then you develop those certain kind of you, depending on your profession, of course. The skills and the trait and the experience. Skills and talent, yes, work on your craft. I said trait. Yeah, so whatever, whatever is your skill and talent and sort of your craft. Craft. You have to be excellent at it. Okay. Mm. You have to be excellent at it. That is one. Second would be your clothes. Mm. A very, very big, big part of you is how you you carry yourself. How you present yourself. How Mm. you present yourself. Like like I was a person who did not know anything about makeup Mm. before getting into the industry. Hair, makeup, nothing. Except for that kajal. Mm. I didn't know anything. Okay, mm. going to salon, nothing. I learned it. I didn't have the money to learn mm. how to do my makeup. I mm. watch YouTube videos and I learned it, mm. you know. And when I do my makeup now, everyone thinks a professional has done it. Mm. Most of the time, I, I do it myself for shoots mm. as well. Mm. So, so I had to learn and not just learn just how to do any makeup, but what works in the industry. Right. You have to know what works in the industry you're in, whichever industry you're in and whichever country you're in, every country has different. Like if I was an actress in India, the makeup, hair, clothes, everything would be different. Mm, right? But in Australia, it has to be different. So then, then it is in terms of presentability, how far do you want to go? You have to know that. How far are you ready to work or are you open to do this? Because a lot of us, why you have to be flexible. Mm. I say, I always say this, you have to be flexible. Uh, most of us have these hangups and reservations about a lot of things. You know, I'm not going to change myself. I'm not going to do this. I'm not gonna, why should I change for this, for this industry or for Australia or for whatever? It's up to you. But, That's but fine. I think uh, see, if we start uh, with a vision, if we start with a big picture, then change becomes part of the game. So when you talked about you have role models in your industry and then you said, okay, so 
what do they represent, what character traits they have and all of those things you once you started to think on that line you decided okay if I have to build a journey what skills I have to develop, how do I need to dress up, how do I need to uh, look for the audience and so on and so forth. It's very similar in any industry, I believe, uh, Saruni. And, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, we don't do any makeup, but... I mean, um, then if, you, if, you are a, if you're a woman or uh, someone in the industry, like mm-hmm. I, when I was with Telstra, like just, uh, it was not customer a service, customer-facing, yeah. mm-hmm. it wasn't a customer-facing industry or, or a job, mm-hmm. but still women and everyone was very well dressed and very presentable and wore formals and had some makeup on. No, I, I, I completely agree. I agree on that. But, I, mean, you know, I, I learned that. And I, and I kind of, one thing that I think it comes from my values that my mother taught me as a child, that my mother always said that learn the positives and the good from everyone, mm. whatever you can be like a sponge, mm, mm, absorb mm. and constantly learn positives and good good things from people no, definitely definitely it could be uh, decor it could be makeup it could be anything, anything. it could be food yeah. cooking yeah. it could be anything yeah. so uh, a lot of us just don't we're just adamant we don't want to change we don't want to do this <laughs> so, okay so on personal branding two things one is of course you said role model second is uh, build yourself towards that and that's where you yeah. added the presentability part of it yeah. uh, uh, there's a lot to cover you know if you go in that detail in itself especially in it industry people think oh we do technology jobs so why should we worry about it but when you want to present yourself in a in the next role that that's what you talked about when you look yourself what you want to become rather than what you are uh, I think you'll be able to take care of a lot of those grooming and presentability part as well. It always starts with where you want to go. If you have a vision, then okay. the change becomes easier. So at high level, just to add to that, uh, in people who are professionals, LinkedIn is the number one platform today. And just imagine why is, I mean, without taking names, a lot of senior professionals are there on LinkedIn. Mm. Are they less busy than you and I? Probably not. Then why they are why are they on LinkedIn and why are you not there or I'm not there? It's it's a question worth asking. Somebody who's mm. much more accomplished and busier than you is showing up on LinkedIn, and if you're not showing up, why is that? You know, food for thought, question for thinking. I I definitely know this is the number one tool for individuals to create credibility and you know you you know sort of media thing you could do. You can connect with people who are way ahead of you in your area of specialization. You can build relationship there. And because you are connected to them, you're, you know, you build a bit more credibility. You can do some interviews with them. You could, uh, you know, write something with them. There is a lot of opportunity today uh, to do on LinkedIn without really spending money on, on, on media. You could write articles on LinkedIn. You could become a trainer on LinkedIn. If you have a special, you know, some yeah. skills, you can reach out to LinkedIn. You can become a LinkedIn trainer. You create a video course, maybe half an hour, maybe one hour or so. And that's a huge credibility. So there's a lot of options like that available. Uh, not only that, I mean, look at this medium podcast. I mean, podcast is media. Uh, I couldn't exactly. even, maybe 20 years back, people couldn't imagine having their own media. I have my media for almost no cost. This is my own media. I own this asset. Nobody else owns this asset. And it wasn't possible. 20 years back, a normal middle class person couldn't think of owning a media. Right, so we have these these facilities. So you could go on somebody's podcast as an as a specialist in what you do. That's another way of building your uh, profile. So there is a lot more thing can be done. Absolutely. And- I mean, as actors as well, most of us, a lot of actors are not on social media, but we had to learn. Yeah, we had to learn because a lot of times we have heard these stories where, finally, you have to be a person who the public and the world wants to see on screen. True, true. So, so your popularity has a big role that's, to That's the definitely there. So uh, social media is not about, this is what I had for breakfast or I gave this gift to my husband or my wife or I went to this place for vacation. If you want to just do that, that's a different thing. But social media, yeah, you could definitely do that. But if you just do that, it's a lot of wastage of time. And it kind of... It's a waste of a big resource that you have, a free resource, a free tool that you have. Absolutely. In spite of being techies or everyone, imagine the... I know so many 
uh, geeks and technology people who actually do these reviews on YouTube and Instagram. So it's a parallel profession that you're building, a parallel yeah. brand that you're building. So we are directly, indirectly, subtly, overtly, covertly, we have talked about it a lot and hope, uh, you know, people get the message. Let's uh, cover a few things about your uh, acting journey and the learnings and the 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 imposter syndrome and then uh, and every now and then you must be getting defeated because you have picked up a field which is uh, not traditional and as you said you do not really fit into that typical uh, you know the doll image uh, so you must be going through a lot of problems so talk about a couple of problems and how you overcome it it's it's the i really want to bring out your internal strength or the learnings or, or you know failing and then coming out because those are the things that inspires everybody uh, and yeah. people typically don't talk about their failures. They don't they kind of hide. Okay, once you succeed, ah, I'm the superhero, I'm the self-made and don't really think anybody is self-made from that perspective. Yes. Talk about a little bit of challenges and, and how you are overcoming. So acting is something that is just full of challenges, I would say. Okay, so it's an it's a profession that unless you are insanely in love with the profession, you will not stick around. Because we get rejected, let's say, five times a day. It's rejection mean? Control. So let's say we go for auditions, right? I mean, if you, if we had to first understand casting process because it is beyond our control, a lot of things. Like, let's say, for example, I'm playing a young, attractive mother. So they will first hire or cast the child actor. And then they will look for actors look like them kind of matches all right okay my jawline my cheekbones my jawlines eye color everything has to match with the child wow and my husband or my partner also has to look like that right the oh, no. child has to look like our child and so now you see that only talent or even in spite of the fact that i i look great i've done all my personal branding i've done everything possible mm. i did not get for the job mm. my performance was absolutely perfect everything was great but I my cheekbones did not match but anyway you can't do anything I about this problem exactly so now what do I do so initially you know I used to be like oh no I'm going for so many auditions but I don't crack any of them why mm. why do I not crack? what's wrong with me you start beating yourself up but then that's how this profession is you just have to think that, oh, maybe I smiled too much. Maybe the smile should have been slightly less. Maybe I looked young. Maybe I looked old. Maybe whatever. It just didn't work. The next audition, we go with that same 500% passion and drive and everything. So I'll ask you a question here, Saroni. So when you were in job in media and PR, like anybody else, like all of us, in job, we don't fail much right mm -hmm. and that's why we become what we become in job whereas in entrepreneurship and you call this act acting also as entrepreneurship you learn from failure and failure is not you don't you at some point in time you started to look at failure as learning rather than failure but in early days did you not feel like come on it's too much of failures i don't think i mean i thought it was great but it doesn't look like so let's leave it and do something else absolutely every morning i feel like giving up I say, oh, man, the, the, all night, I'm like, if I, if I wake up at night, in the middle of the night, I say, no, it's not working for me. Every act, other actor is getting all the roles. I did not get any of it. Now there is lockdown, so I can't even submit auditions or self-tapes anymore. Like, uh, we had to, with the pandemic, all actors, all of us had to purchase, like, a whole studio setup at home right so we had to purchase lights tripod camera everything so that we are able to self-tape the audition and submit it mm -hmm. because we are not able to go physically to the studio for an audition right mm -hmm. so we had to learn the camera work we had to learn how to set up a studio like lights, all by ourselves all by ourselves then there is a post-production of that video editing and mm. then there is a only like you have to compress the video because the file size is too high. Right, that's and, always the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So so now you're talking our language. <laughs> exactly. So it's like one audition, which mm. earlier my job was just to go to the studio, do perform, the core work. Yeah, yeah. Perform, right. come back. But now it is hair, makeup, performance, 
then your studio setup then your 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 shooting yourself there is no one to direct you there's no one to read the lines with mm. you Mm, you know? so too many um, challenges. Too uh, many. Do, do this for me, Saroni. Tell me the last three, four years of your journey in this, the biggest, biggest failure where you thought like, done, I just can't move forward. There is no big or small. I mean, the fact that we don't get the job at all, There are there is no job for us, there is no work, there is zilch work. Like maybe I've just done a commercial last year. After that, there has been nothing, zero. Okay. But still we because keep going. Keep going. So talk about, now talk about some good things that happened in, in this journey. Talk about some of the accolades you won, the uh, projects you got that really, you know, puts a smile on your face. Sure. Again, it comes back to also the personal branding and the brand or the person, the actor you want to be or how you want to see yourself. Mm. So there are jobs which I decline. Mm. Okay. Because you didn't so align with say, who you wanted to be. Exactly. That's so, pretty good, yeah. Like it's it really depends on the projects you choose mm. and and how you are shaping the industry's perception about yourself mm. as well. Okay. So there are many perceptions. There are they will put you in a box, stereotype you. So how do you dodge that or how you work around that? Mm. No, I understand that. I understand yeah. that. Share so, with me, share with me some really, really upside of the not not of the industry. Your journey, um, something that you did, or any performance, any project, uh, any accolades, any uh, award, uh, any appearance. Give me few few of those which really you are already smiling. So I know you you want to share those. So I'm really keen to hear. Hi. I mean, the first uh, biggest high was that when I when I came on IMDb, when IMDb. I was well, on IMDb. IMDb is uh, yeah, it's it's like the accreditation organization for all actors and creatives and directors. Awesome. So IMDb, the first high, second yeah, high. I, I mean, talk about, don't talk about me. anything else other than just the highs, okay? Because you've talked about all the challenges. It's time time moment. to talk about all the good things that have that have moment. happened. All right, so, so IMDb. It's a moment for me because if you're a professional actor, if you're a screen actor, if you're on IMDb, that's it. You've already reached uh, the level of DiCaprio or Kate Winslet or everyone is on IMDb. You're also on IMDb. Wow, that's amazing. Right? Amazing. What's the other high? First. Then uh, the second one is that whichever project I did, they were, they were American projects like Hollywood projects mm. uh, or Australian projects or productions and uh, Amazon Prime. You'll see me soon whenever the pandemic is gone. They mm -hmm. release it. Then the other factor was that I maintained something was that I never really played an Indian girl, mm. Indian character mm. in a production. Mm. I was always playing uh, an, like a Australian character, mm. which was also something that of an achievement. Because oh, yes, absolutely. In a box uh, yeah. or like stereotype you yeah. to play certain roles. But my look was again uh, very, very diverse. So cast as a South American. Yeah. So those were a few things. Then the thing was the biggest thing was that when I'm in class, when I'm, my tutors, my my uh, people, my coaches, acting coaches, classes, they have these are coaches and tutors who have worked with uh, the likes of Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, and mm -hmm. you know uh, Nicole Nicole Kidman and Dave Patel, and they have launched Kate Blanchett in uh, Hollywood and I'm learning from them. Mm, that's, that was again that's, that's a big high. That <laughs> wow. I mean that that's all I wanted because mm -hmm. I never thought that I would be doing this anyway. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, when I started getting commercials and then the Miss India Australia beauty pageant happened, that was also when I was not well that when I, that phase when I was mm -hmm. in that so I registered for the Miss India Australia pageant, a friend of mine sort of pushed me into it. Please register and stuff like that. So I just registered because I found the questions very interesting in the form mm -hmm. and I cracked it to my surprise. Then I went as a national finalist and then every day of the training, I think I'm, I'm going to be fired. I'm not going to go into the next round because I'm the most unhealthy and unfit person all the contestants getting anywhere. But I survived. I went to the grand finale mm -hmm. round. I won the Miss India Australia Goodwill Ambassador Goodwill title Ambassador. Yeah. for all the community work that I did. Mm. So uh, again, that was a huge 
profile change for me mm. where I was a beauty pageant uh, contestant and I did not win that title just for my beauty but it was also for the community work that I did so, right. it's, so it's again a bigger profile uh, right. and something that I wanted beauty with meaning right. and not just a pretty face so uh, yeah one thing led to another and mm-hmm. there were so many big eyes like Combank Australia commercial you go to uh, I mean all my friends would just send me photos from Melbourne Queensland wherever they are you're they in could... Combank commercial is it I don't know about that. oh yeah. wow awesome so, like, <laughs> the atm you'll see me baking a cake or yeah, really? <laughs> bank uh, branch like the bank uh, the branches they right. have my posters and, <laughs> so my this was the juiciest part of the conversation and you kind of i had to really pull it out of you you are asking again and again and you were very reluctant to talk about these things uh, because if the journey has got some good stuff it inspires mm. people and i think you have got a lot of these another thing was that one of my portraits uh, which was shot by an award winning photographer here in australia astina mm-hmm. mag jensen my portrait won the bronze award at the portrait masters competition that happens in la wow. and uh, i was one of the first indian origin model to win that uh, portrait award actually so that was again uh, a great one so <laughs> Also, in terms of that, through my Instagram, one of the biggest leading brands in lingerie and body confidence brand for women, Nancy Gans, they approached me to be their brand ambassador. So I was again their first Indian origin model to be a brand ambassador for this huge brand. Awesome. Um, that was that was again a very very uh, big high for me. Awesome. So good, good to hear that. So if if I have to. uh say the journey has been rewarding in spite of all the challenges the health challenges you you were going through along with that and then new world and not fitting in a typical uh film industry still and i'll tell you uh, one of the uh, secretively when when i wasn't getting a job in media and pr that struggle time i had actually promised myself that what Today you're not hiring me as an editor or writer for your magazine. Tomorrow yeah. you write about me. <laughs> that's awesome, and that's happening now. That's fantastic. Yes. What's next uh, in the journey? At the moment, of course, with the pandemic, the acting part of it is a bit low and slow. So, uh, like I said, I've launched my my organization. I've created my two organizations. So, uh, building that would be something that I want to do. Focus a bit on till the pandemic is sort of settling in, and I can get back to acting uh, full on. That's um, awesome. No, wish you very best on on your endeavors. And a final question for you, Saroni. Uh, so, you have had a career transition. So, I that word is quite common for all mid career professionals. That's where my focus has been these these days in terms of career coaching. and what would be your message for people who are on a crossroad neither this side nor that side they are in a job not really enjoying and they're not able to even do the transition you did the transition for a different reason but transition is painful and yeah. uh, you went through a challenging journey but all these highs that you talked about is so inspiring and i'm sure that pushes you to take it to the next level and next level so with your experience any message for people who are at crossroad and want to transition into a better job or new career or anything like that because a lot of people must be asking you oh, you have transitioned like a very very differently and uh, for a lot of people it's just about changing a little bit in their own career rather than just making a massive change like yours so what's your uh, message for people who want to transition i would say that whether you want to transition now never whenever whatever is your situation right now i would say diversify i mean each of us we think that we are born to do maybe one thing like okay i did engineering so this is what i'm going to do all my life or charter accountant so i'm going to do this all my life or computers it this is what i'm going to do all my life we're all actually and a lot of people say that oh sure surrounding you're such a multi multifaceted person or the uh, another person we say that that is so inspiring so multifaceted we are multifaceted because we explored mm. ourselves like if the media and pr media thing was working for me i would have probably i would have done the same thing for mm. the rest of my life mm. because i switched cities i had no option one door closed for me mm. 
the other door had to be explored. True. Right? So PR happened. Then when cancer happened, everything stopped. Then when I came here, media PR did not happen. Mm-hmm. Did not work for me. So those doors were closed. Then other doors opened. Mm-hmm. So unless we are all like, I always say that we're all multifaceted. It's just that you need to look inward and reflect and sort of explore those things. Like one of your hobbies could become a profession at any point in time. So so always, always, always have sort of multiple income opportunities, multiple income options, career options, uh, because you never know. Let's say one pandemic, recession, something hits your industry mm. and you feel it's a dead end. But if you have other options already, you will never get to a point of dead end. True. Or Very give true. up hope or uh, any of that situation will never come. Because like right now, when acting is not happening, I do get depressed. I do get anxious that, oh, it's not working for me. But then I quickly, my focus has changed because I have two organizations to build. Hmm. And I'm doing a very, like a launch, a virtual launch now on 2nd October. So basically, um, like my organization, Serene Roy Foundation and SRF Creators, there are two organizations. They both work on the core values of diversity, sustainability, and social justice to attain world peace. World peace is where my work, community work, the years I've worked in. So this initiative is 2nd October, which is also Mahatma Gandhi's birth anniversary. So it's it's a day which is also commemorated as United Nations International Day of Nonviolence. So and amidst this whole chaos of the pandemic, which is mm. so challenging, for all of us, what's happening in Afghanistan or see Beirut or uh, you see so much, you know, disturbance. There are people who are who do not like the way things are going and lockdown, frustration, all of that. I think it was important to talk about nonviolence. So mm. the Indian Peace Symposium. Mm. And, Peace uh, Symposium. And what's exactly happening there? So what we're doing is usually the thought process or thinking is that Mahatma Gandhi is a person of history and he's a person, his values and teachings are not not quite relevant and people don't quite know what his values and teachings were and how it can be applied in everyday life or in difficult situations that you're in and to move forward and come out of those difficult situations. So Ahimsa, which means non-violence, that is a, a discussion that we're going to do. We have some experts from India, Australia, people who've worked in the space of peace and um, conflict studies, and also some uh, people who have done extensive work and research on Mahatma Gandhi's uh, life and his work. So we'll get some insights from all these people. There'll be a discussion in public awareness about, it's a virtual event, so people from all parts of the world can join. And it's a it's a free so do you event. have any link or anything that I can share with uh, my community as well? Sure, sure. There's an Eventbrite registration link which we've created and uh, anyone can just go there and register. So I'll uh, send that to you. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, so it will be that discussion. And because Ahimsa is a very broad topic and nonviolence is a broad topic, we're going to talk about the relevance of it. And I thought of re- narrowing it down to talking about how Ahimsa is articulated in the global women, peace and security agenda, which Mm. is quite a big issue at this point in time around the world. With the pandemic, we also say that one of the big issues that came across, surfaced in this pandemic was a shadow pandemic, which is that women across the globe were really affected, adversely affected. Crime and violence against women was rising and soaring across the world. So that is something that I would really like to sort of focus on this year. Mm. Interesting, good cause. And yeah, I would definitely like to participate and see what's going on there. Uh, So yeah, I mean, thank you for coming on this show, Saroni. And uh, you were quite different from our usual guest in terms of what you do. But again, end of the day, we are uh, you know, individuals, pretty much similar aspirations. We want to grow. We want to do different things. We want to experience life. Uh, we want to exercise our potential. And a lot of people are kind of not really doing it, feeling stuck. And you inspire me and hopefully inspire a lot of people. 
by taking initiatives and just expanding yourself doing different things and you know i got to know a little bit about acting not so much but hopefully i'll learn more but pr is one thing that i picked up a little bit more today from you and I'm very proud of you for what you have been able to do with uh, all the challenges so you know congratulations and I'm looking forward to seeing more of you on showbiz and on netflix and all those places yes thank you thank you so much asan take care thank you Thank you for listening to the Empowering Indian Expats podcast with your host Insan Ali. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with Saroni and got some inspiration and ideas on how you can start the journey of living your passion. For me, I picked up quite a lot from Saroni's journey. I learned about how organizations use media for public relation, especially to spread the words about a new launch. I was touched by her cancer story and her message to have the spirit of living. I feel one doesn't need to go through cancer to get off the treadmill and explore life beyond a regular 9 to 5. I also learned that acting is very similar to entrepreneurship where they get rejected a lot. So I have a different kind of respect for actors now. Overall her journey gave me courage to keep moving on and uh, Yeah that's all from me and let me know what were your key takeaways and uh, do not hesitate to reach out to me on LinkedIn if you feel your career is not on track and you want to do something different I may be able to assist you myself or connect you with someone who has already gone the path you want to take